What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship Three Fat Nerds Podcast, better known as 3FN. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich. And joining me as they do each and every week, my esteemed colleagues. First up, he is the man that just this past weekend thought that he caught a leprechaun and their pot of gold. Meanwhile, it was just some slutty girl from uh, Parade Day who had passed out puking in a gutter. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Ron. What's happening? Thankfully, she didn't find the Dos Rios uh, basement. <laughs> well, yeah. Hi, oh, they're a little local humor there for anybody <laughs> in the 607. Uh, of course, the uh, other man that joins me. Doesn't need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, Diesel. You know, Ron, let me get it out of that pot of gold. Hey, no problem. <laughs> well, Ron, Ron is not going... I mean, you should have gotten on the pot of gold when the basement was still open. No. Oh. Man, well, local humor does not get you far, but if you would like to look up the Binghamton, New York news uh, over the last uh, few months, trust me, you can find it out if you're not with us. If not, trust me, it's, a, it's an ill joke, but it's still fucking a joke. <laughs> well, it's not a joke in real life. It's a joke for us. So let's just do it out there. So, with that being said, let's uh, get on to better, bigger and better things. Ron, how's been your week? The week's been fine. It's been a long week. Uh, our Wednesday group met and started our new uh, uh, campaign, uh, the little Weatherlight one that just came out, where you start off in the in the uh, amusement park carnival. Oh, okay. Weatherlight carnival thing. I forget the actual name of it. We started that. I yeah. thought it was a magic crossover. I was like, ooh, they got a Weatherlight campaign? Sweet. Yeah. Well, uh, it's... Uh, but so, you know, we just started that, and we actually were working through the carnival section to get through, and things, you know, it's interesting how they start this off, because you're finding out that all these characters are actually cursed, and that's the the end, is you're ending the curse pretty much for most of them, it seems like. I mean, this is just early, I haven't read the book, because I knew we were playing it, so um, that, that happened so far, and so far it's been fun. Uh, then, you know, the weekend showed up and we had Parade Day here in Binghamton as it's always the first Saturday of March for St. Patrick's Day. So I worked and worked cleaning, setting up, cleaning up after you hooligans and cleaning up more of after you hooligans. <laughs> so it's just been one of those weekends. Keeping the, cities of, the city of Binghamton streets nice and clean. Besides going down the rabbit hole of the movie that you brought up. Yes. Like, <laughs> well, well that's, a, that's another story for another day. Uh, well, Diesel, uh, not being clean, because I, I think that uh, you had that week of hell, two weeks of hell, I should yeah. say, running the game shop. Now you're just back to your regular job, and judging by the uh, blisters and calluses on your hands, you're rested up. I'm well rested up. I had the complete opposite weekend. After I got home Friday night from dinner, after work, I did not leave my house until this morning, and it was glorious. You know, I was going to go to dinner with Diesel on Saturday. We made ten, not plans, but we were like, hey, if you feel like you know going to dinner because my wife was going to Susicle, I messaged this motherfucker at 3 p.m. 
he messages me back at 6.30 while I'm at dinner with Ken because you know because I finally was like fuck it I need to go eat I haven't heard back from him and I figured he was sleeping yeah. Yeah. and he just writes back napping LOL <laughs> yeah. I think I fell asleep like 2.45 too that's the yeah, worst right, part yeah. so I was like fuck I was like I, I didn't really message you back because I'm like well I'm already at dinner so dinner's served so fuck um, sorry man yeah I woke up to uh, you messaging me for dinner and another person to see if I wanted to go out for dinner with a bunch of people and I was like so I just sent the same messages back and forth napping LOL and nice. just got up and then I made myself uh, breakfast for dinner which yeah, was nice oh go. bringer so good yeah so we uh, we did that of course uh, this week was you know uneventful for me I went out to, you know, we all went out to see the Batman which we're going to be talking about later in the show obviously during the movie review uh, I did uh, you know this weekend I took it easy I did watch a couple wrestling shows for 607 TWS this week well you know I watched Impact Sacrifice on uh, Saturday and of course the All Elite Wrestling's Revolution pay-per-view this past Sunday uh, outside of that I mean pretty uneventful uh, we had a fun story that we told on Patreon that I won't be telling on, 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 on here uh, not because I want people's money just because uh, you know for that kind of stuff you gotta get, get, get I gotta get paid for it because it makes me feel a little better and I'm not embarrassing anybody <laughs> but uh, yeah it's, uh, it was good times uh, good times were had by all I'm loving the sometimes I like being relaxing and I don't have another trip out of town I don't think tentatively I gotta get with Diesel and make sure he's coming still but until Wrestlemania and then we're gonna go back up to Geneva but until then I'm, I'm I mean I might go out of town to go you know hang out and maybe go eat or something but I'm not going out of town and staying at night anywhere or anything because I, I after the month that I had of November in December and January traveling fucking everywhere. I'm, I'm ready no. to just hang out at home for a little while <laughs> I get it. Uh, and cruise it back up. But with that being said, we hope that everybody out there had a great week as well. But before we go any further, we got to do some opening plugs. So, of course, if you would like to hit us up, say hi, ask, a, you know, request a movie to re- for that we should review or just, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Hit us up on the social medias. Three Fat Nerds Podcast on Facebook. Like and share that page. We're at Three Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure you use the hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. Of course, for all other information, it's an easy one-stop shop. That's 8122productions.com. There you can get all the links to the social medias. You can find out more about Three Fat Nerds Podcast. You can find out more about... 607 TWS, and most importantly, you can find out about the return of Horror Zone 607. We did our first episode in almost two months because uh, Mike C is back in studio, thankfully. Uh, so check it out. It's already out anywhere you get great podcasts by searching Horror Zone 607, but you can find it and listen to it on 8122productions.com. Also on the website, you can support us by going to the T Public Store. There's a link up there. Take Buy some swag. Get a cool shirt, coasters, stickers, cups, whatever. With the the logos on it and some other cool stuff that we have up, go ahead, buy, buy something and uh, help support us there, T Public. And of course, also if you'd like to support us monetarily, you can do so on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash8122productions for as little as one dollar a month, and you get a ton of extra bonus content. The link is also on the website. Last but certainly not least, there's a link for Twitch.tv/slash607 Podcast. And that is where you go every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as myself and Ken M from the ODPH Podcast. Talk all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. Come join the chat live and see what all the fuss is about. Or you can listen to it in podcast form anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. Also, uh, while I'm at it, I might as well, uh, you know, if any of those links you forget, it's simple. Just go down to the liner notes for this show. And the hyperlinks are there, but you can shot. Smash those motherfuckers. And of course, if you're getting us on a podcast provider, which I'm sure you are, make sure you are following or subscribe to us so our show is delivered to you each and every week. Da 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 da.
I love uh, I love this Mario music. Yeah. Thankfully, it doesn't flag us because <laughs> I would be sad if I had to separate with it. Speaking of cool news, uh, I, did you guys see the news from our good friends over at uh, Sci-Fi Horror Fest? Yes. Yep. I, yeah, big news. And that kind of fell on our laps there. I just want to throw it out there. Made a big celebrity announcement. Of course, Sci-Fi Horror Fest is going down August 26th and 27th at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York, the greater Syracuse slash Utica area. And a uh, big announcement was uh, Richard Mouser, who is, uh, of course, he played Stan in the original It, and he was also in John Carpenter's The Thing. You horror fans. I know him from the My Girl franchise. <laughs> that is also true. He was also in the My Girl the franchise. <laughs> but uh, uh, he is going to be there, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get to talk to him. Kind of fun. There's going to be two other major, at least two other major ones. You never know. Somebody else could fall in the lap. Yep. But at least two other major uh, celebrities, plus all the vendors and celebrities are in. Once again, vendor spots are sold out. So the only way to attend is as a fan. And uh, that's simple. You can get your tickets at SciFiHorrorFest.com. $20 for the weekend. $15 for the day pass. So it's even, you know, go with the whole weekend. Friday and Saturday, it's going to be a great time. And the three fat nerds will be there. Uh, I do know that we will be doing at least a live podcast of some sort. I do know that we'll probably be part of at least a panel or two. I know, I, I know I'll be busy, uh, but you guys probably also will be doing something. And we might even do a, a 3FN watch along if I can get the rights to a certain, if I can get the rights to show movies. Uh, right now, uh, I'm working on screeners for the event. And hopefully we can get some screeners or I can get permission to use uh, something that we can watch. Nice. Because uh, obviously when you're doing things like that, they get real picky about copyrights. <laughs> yeah. And so we can't just show whatever we want there. So uh, although there's some people entering. So check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sci-Fi Horror Fest, August 26th, 27th. I know it's a far ways out, but it was a cool announcement. So I wanted to drop that here. Definitely. First. Well, without further ado, guys, let's jump right in because it's time for this week's... Edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. And this week we actually have a couple uh, stories. A couple stories. Not many. It's, it's, it's still a slow season, as we'll get to when Diesel hits off that movie stuff. Uh, but uh, let's start off with, of course, later in the show, in the main event, if you will, it'll at the 3FN Movie Club review will be of... The Batman, which just came out this past week. Later on in the box office, Diesel will tell you how good it did. But before we get there, a little bit of news about the Batman, not to do with the actual movie, but more to do with the business practices of AMC Theaters. Uh, AMC Theaters was charging a premium rate to go see the Batman, not just on preview night, but any showing. Um and they're standing by the decision. As reported by Entertainment Weekly, the theater chain is currently experimenting with the idea of charging an additional fee for certain blockbuster movies, the first of which will be Warner Brothers Pictures' The Batman. For example, AMC moviegoers in Los Angeles will have to pay an additional $1.50 over the usual ticket price to see the Cape Crusaders' latest theatrical outing. In an earnings call with investors, AMC, AMC CEO Adam Aron, not Aaron, just Aron, uh, defended the so-called variable pricing, as that's what they're calling it, saying this is all quite novel in the United States, but actually AMC has been doing it for years in our European theaters. Aaron compared the new pricing model to concerts and sporting events, which charge more for high, higher profile events. In Europe, we charge a premium for the best seats in the house, as do just about all other sellers of tickets in other industries. Think sports, events, concerts, live theater, for example. 
Of course, AFC's experiment is coming as the American theater industry continues to reel from the effects of years of declining ticket revenue, which was further exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic and the ensuing lockdowns and restrictions. Variable pricing has been discussed for several years within the movie industry as a way of compensating for the dip in theater attendance, but some have worried that the difference in prices will affect the perceived value of certain films as moviegoers may begin to associate the lower price tickets of non-blockbuster releases with lower quality. Um, that is very true. But I got something to just throw out there. Why in the hell, with you not being able to sell the tickets you need to sell and getting people in the theaters to make your money, because we all know that theaters do not make money off of movie tickets. They make money off of concessions. So you need people to come into the door to buy concessions, right? Mm -hmm. Why in the fuck would you drive people away by charging them more money when you already aren't getting the ticket sales? Am I missing something here in that statement, guys? Not no. at all. He just wants more money. Not to mention, and this goes strictly for the U.S., and I know we have listeners all over the world, and thank you guys for always joining us, but here in the U.S., the movie theaters, including AMC and Regal and Cinemark, those three, got, what was it, a $750 million bailout during COVID? Yeah, yes. it was over a billion between the three For three and the three, yeah. yeah. I, well, actually, I think the three of them got the $750 million. $250 million was split amongst smaller yeah. theaters. Yeah. Of course, mom and pops, and then the smaller brands. But those three major ones split $750 million of a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still screaming poverty that you need to charge. Now, once again, I get what they're saying about premium seating. But if the attendance is low, that's when you have to drop ticket prices to get people in the door so you can make money on something. Perfect example is the NFL. Let's just take the most popular sport in America, the NFL. In cities where they have bad teams, usually you can get real cheap tickets in comparison to other cities. Why? Because they want people in the stands buying concessions, and they hope that the visiting team's fans will travel to that city because it's cheaper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we using good, smart business plans in our theaters, especially when, as we know, They've been they've been low. So, uh, you know, Spider-Man, No Way Home made a lot of money. Batman made a lot of money. But those are anomalies yeah. in this day and age where during the pandemic if you make 30 million dollars, usually you are going to be the number one movie in America for at least a week. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, the low end was like 45-50 million. So I mean, you're dropping off even on slow weeks. And the blockbuster movies that used to make 150-200 million are now making 100 million. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it, I just don't understand the logic. You want to add something to that, Diesel? Uh, so I love their logic, though. Hey, we've been dickbags overseas, so <laughs> it's about time we just catch up over here. That's a great reasoning. You fucking cheap fucks. Like, the fact that, like, I know for a fact, like, the movie theaters around here, they are probably at, like, 30% staffing compared to what they used to be pre-pandemic. Yes. yes. There's... Hardly anybody working there, so they're saving money there. The prices on uh, foods have gone up, if not, you know, stayed the same or gone up. And, yeah, you just want to fill fucking asses in the seats so you can sell the stuff where you make a high markup. The fact that they're doing this, you know, let me get an extra dollar fifty from you because you want to see the Batman. Dude, like, ugh. 
Well, AMC has already had like a rough start. You know, Regal, which we all, we have an AMC in town, we have a Regal in town. That's the yes. two theaters we have yeah. here in the greater Binghamton area. And myself and Ron both have Regal Unlimited passes. You know why I don't have an AMC A-list pass? Because for the same price that my Regal Unlimited pass costs, I can only go to three movies a week. Are oh, those two, yeah. No, it's three movies a yes. week. If you, There is a cheaper version where you can get yeah. two movies. But three movies a week, whereas with my Regal Unlimited pass, for that same price, I get to go see Unlimited movies. Now... Mind you, if I go to an IMAX theater, there is an upcharge. They did upcharge us for Spider-Man No Way Home, but that wasn't coming from the theaters. That upcharge was coming from the studio. Sony charged more money for that movie if you went, but only on premiere night, so Thursday. Well, technically, they call it preview night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It was a four dollar upcharge for us on unlimited. It was seventeen fifty, which normally tickets are eleven fifty on Thursdays. So it was a six dollar upcharge yeah. for you if you didn't have unlimited. Four dollar upcharge for myself and Ron. Yeah. yeah, on unlimited. But the reason why Regal does their unlimited that way is because they don't make money on people going to the theater. But when we go into the theater, now that I don't buy a ticket anymore, I'm more likely to use my ten percent off discount, which I also get, to buy a soda. Which they do make all the monies on, and I kind of do it there yeah. for that reason, because I want to keep that Regal Unlimited pass around, because it's fucking convenient. You know how many t- movies that I wouldn't have gone see- gone to see if it wasn't for that? Like, we reviewed Studio 666 last week. Yeah. I don't think me and Ron go to see that movie, no. even though it was a lot of fun and we had fun during and you heard the review last week. I don't yeah. think we go to see that movie if we have to pay full price. No, yeah. I, I don't think I would have gone to see it. I would have waited for Dude. some streaming site to pick it up. Right, right. right. I would hazard to guess probably... Fifty to sixty percent of the movies that you guys do see is because you have the pass. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. Like you're gonna go to the big, the big hitters, the Batman, Spider Man, yeah. but going to see, you know, the Curse, Studio Six Six Six, and some of the other movies that I've gone to see or you guys have gone yeah. to see, they're not things that you need to see in theaters. And I also want to point this out. Uh, somebody would be like, "Well, three movies a week—that's a lot. Why was that difference?" There was times last season, summer with the blockbuster months hit where I, me, and Ron both went to see four or five movies on a weekend, yeah. and I mean. Yeah. Two or three of them were major movies, and then the other two were movies we went to see because we had the pass. But still, we were still using the the pass more because how much stuff was coming up because they were catching up from the movies that were supposed to come out in 2020. So, I mean, we use those passes a lot. I paid for, we figured, my wife figured it out the other day. She was like, this is the best investment we ever made. Just from the movies I went to, and I've really not forced using it more than I should. But just from the movies I went to, she's like, your pass, if we broke it down, is paid for through next year. If you just break yeah. it down by ticket price, even if I give you the cheap, even if I give you the cheap days, even if you were going to go on Sundays and Tuesdays, which is six bucks, yeah. Yeah. she was like, "Your pass is paid through next year." Like it's 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 ridiculous how good this pass is. Yeah. No, I I mean I've been getting concessions pretty much every time I go, yep. a drink and something because it's the same price. It's like it cost me fourteen dollars to come into this movie if I didn't have the pass. Mm-hmm. I have the pass. It cost me fourteen dollars to get a drink and a, something to eat. Like and fat guy Why friendly. Not? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> and, and they realize that movies are like a social thing. You guys bring bring my fat ass with you. I don't have the thing, so I pay ticket price and I'm, I'm getting concessions too. So they're double dipping on that. But you should definitely get a. Yeah, I probably should. I tell I tell that to Ken M all the time. I don't know why he doesn't. Like you go all the time, get the fucking pass. It's worth it. You you pay for like you get. Well, what about the slow months? It doesn't matter. It pays for itself in the busy months. Yeah. 
you, you, yeah, but you can sign up for ninety days right now. <laughs> like, like, and even in the slow months, there's something you want to go see that you didn't oh, want to pay for. I saw a ton of stuff. Like, I mean, like the Green Knight, I went to see. I love. I actually liked the Green Knight. It wasn't Very great good movie, but, by but way. yeah, okay, so you did see it. Yeah. But uh, then the last duel, I last saw. Last duel was amazing. Well, that, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. No, it has nothing to do with it not being good. No. It has to do with I, it takes a toll on you. <laughs> I, I might watch it when Diesel watches it again. That, that's right. Yeah, it's let's like let's put it this way. It's it's requiem for a dream. It's, yeah. it's like it's it's a great movie takes a toll on you (laughs) well with the whole variable pricing too like do we get money back for going to see moonfall yeah dude i I would want all my money back for going to see moonfall well all my money plus to make up for the fees i'm going to pay for good movies yeah exactly (laughs) holy crap but i also get the other side of this with the other argument in the article is very very just think about it what are you telling the consumers if you're not charging that does that mean this movie's shit yeah yeah you know what I mean? And how many great movies do we do go see? More of the artsy films, more of the, you know, we went to see The Curse. The Curse would never have a premium price attached to it. But some people may have not gone to see The Curse, even if, The Curse, sorry, even if they were interested because they're like, oh, well, it doesn't have the dollar fifty extra, so that means it must be a shit movie. Or if they're trying to push a shit movie, you'd be like, oh, shit, I got to pay extra for this movie. It must be good. Right, and then if, like, so imagine if Moonfall had the premium ticket price. Like, you would go to that movie, and you'd be like, fuck, I'm going to riot. I'm going to fuck your, your, I'm gonna fuck your theater up. Like, I am seriously, burning this building I'm gonna, down. I'm going to shit in my seat before I leave. I'm just going to take a shit and leave it for you. Poor people working there. You're like, come on. Just throw shit at the screen. I don't know. It's, it's crazy, man. But, like, one of my favorite movies of this year, definitely, like, I wouldn't have seen, especially if they had an upcharge, but last night in Soho. If they were, like, telling me, like, it's $16 for a ticket, eh, I'll pass. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'll wait until it comes out. The worst part is I can wait 90 days until it hits a streaming yeah. service. Because nowadays, movies are hitting the streaming service within 90 days. Mm-hmm. 90 days from their release in the theater, yeah. they're on a streaming service. Yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home's like in like two weeks yeah. or something. Like, and, 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 I, a lot and I was, was okay. going to go see it again. And I'm like, oh, I'll just wait until I can see it at home. And here's a, here's a kicker. A lot of them, 45 days and it hits Amazon. And you can rent it on Amazon for cheaper than a movie ticket price. Yeah. For most movies. Some mm-hmm. movies, they charge you a little more. But is what it is i'm just throwing it out there i mean amc don't keep doing bad business because cinemark's not doing this regal's not doing this yeah and I, i'm sure the mom and pops aren't in the smaller ones but i mean the two other big major chains aren't going hey we're going to hit you with premium charges i, I really thought after the pandemic that uh, regal was going to get rid of the unlimited pass because so that, that was their, their that was their way out but they're smart they're smart because they get people to come in and they buy drinks yes. and like think about it we know i know from working in the restaurant you know i know you know this too a, a soda costs nothing. The soda in the between the soda cup and straw, it's less than a dollar. So if they charge yeah. you, if you pay five fifty, they made four dollars and fifty cents in profit. Yeah. Like, and I'm not trying to dissuade people from buying it. I'm just saying that's where they make their money. Yeah. Popcorn, it don't cost a lot of money, nope. so they're making like five dollars for even a large popcorn at the minimum yeah. of, of 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 profit. So that's where they make their money, and they're smart because the unlimited pass allows them to be like, oh well, fuck it, uh, the ticket is cheaper. So they give all the money to the fucking the the studio, yeah. but they get to make their money. Yeah. It's smart, man. Yeah. It's smart. I just thought it out there. Well, let's get into some movie news and a big, big announcement coming yes. out this week. In my opinion, I know Diesel's going to be happy about this. Celebrated actor and rapper Will Smith, and I did want to focus on rapper, <laughs> is returning for a surprise sequel to his 2007 film, I Am Legend, but he's not coming alone this time, Diesel. Michael B. Jordan will be joining him for a first-ever shared project. Both actors will serve as producers in addition to starring in the film. The story that the upcoming Warner Brothers movie will tell and uh, how far removed it will be from the original is currently unknown, as reported by Deadline. However, the original movie's Akiva Goldsman is returning as writer and producer. No director is currently attached. 
Mind you, Warner Brothers is putting this out, so you know that it's going to end up on a nice streaming service. Uh, we're looking at you, HBO Max. Uh, but I don't know. Probably get a theatrical run with the two big stars. Diesel, I'm going to go with you first because I know how much you love Michael B. Jordan. How are you feeling about a sequel to I Am Legend? I'm loving this, and I still haven't even seen I Am Legend. I heard it's really good, but I just never got around to seeing it. I, I, I know what the like the yeah. little twist is and all that. I am There's super excited. Yeah, I'm mean, super excited for this though because like Michael B. Jordan is one of my favorite actors currently, and Will Smith's He's been in some cheese dick movies, but he's a great actor. Just yeah. So to see those two together, it's like, you're like, we're one step away from like a Michael B. Jordan and like a Denzel movie. Ooh. I cannot wait. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah. I, I, I like this. Ron? Oh, sorry. Oh, he's, and he's got something else. nomination for a director. Let's just throw Ryan Coogler in there. Why yeah. not? Why I not? like it. Yeah, I, it's been a while since I watched Island Legend. I, I mean, I liked it when I did watch it. So it's just one of those things just to rewatch it before this comes out and watch it. I'm I just want to throw it. it out there. If you want to go with a little horror edge, I'd go with Nia DaCosta. Just throw it out there. Love Candyman. I think she'd do a bang-up job, too. Yeah, if that's yeah. if you want to go with a little more. I'm not saying to make it a complete horror movie, but a little more horror edge. It is about zombies adjacent, if you will. No. Oh, look at that. Zombies adjacent. Let's what? talk about some zombies. Uh, you ready for this? Uh, Lauren Cohen. Maggie from The Walking Dead and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan on The Walking Dead, will star in a new spinoff series set in the Walking Dead universe. AMC Networks has greenlit the franchise's sixth scripted series, Isle of the Dead, for a six-episode first season set to premiere on AMC and AMC Plus in 2023. Uh, the Walking Dead universe chief content officer Scott Gimple, Tales of the Walking Dead, and the Rick Grimes movies that I believe are still a myth because we haven't seen them at all, oversees the spinoffs from showrunner Eli Jaron as part of an overall deal with AMC Studios. Jaron, a writer-producer of The Walking Dead and Star's Heels, will executive produce with Cohen and Morgan. So they're, they're both going to get a producer uh, as nice. well. Of course, we already know that the last season... <laughs> Last season of The Walking Dead is currently going on in like four fucking parts. And then after we're going to get the Carol and Daryl spinoff. So there's that. Then there's this spinoff now. And then there's those mythical movies with Rick Grimes that we still haven't seen, even though it's been years. Uh, we know that a while ago we reported and we we're talking about a couple years ago. The AMC says that they haven't hit their peak yet. With The Walking Dead, even though at its height, the viewership is at 12 million. And I do believe now they're at 4 million. So that means you've lost two thirds of your audience. What do you guys think about this Walking Dead news, Ronald? Okay, fine. So whatever. <laughs> so be it. Like, good for them. I mean, they get more work. I, I'm fine with it because they're both great actors. I, I'm good with it. Um, you know, it's I don't care because I haven't watched Walking Dead. I got the review from ODPH of what's going on going on, and I'm like, yep, I'm glad I tapped out. That's where I found out everything I need to know about The Walking Dead. It's the only reason. It's one of the reasons why I listen. And I'm just like, okay, yep, I'm glad I tapped out. Yep, yep, I'm glad I'm tapped out. Thank you for condensing this into about 10 minutes. I appreciate it. Diesel, just stop. For the love of Christ, you've lost 8 million viewers. We are fatigued by the zombie thing now. Turn it off for a little while. So in like 2027, like when there's a resurgence of zombie movies, I can appreciate it because... Holy shit. Daryl and Carol, it's going to be like the zombie version of Cheers. Sam and Diane, will they or won't they? Negan and fucking Maggie. Oh, they hate each other. He killed his, He killed no. Glenn. If they, oh, they're going to fuck and they're going to fuck like rabbits and I know it. And I cannot if they do that, fucking, I'm so oh, mad. Oh, it's going to happen oh, by she, season she need, two. She needs to moan out Glenn's name. 
Oh. <laughs> you know what? I think that's going to make him come. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that would be a great hate fuck session. Oh. Say, say his name. Oh. Oh. Just whisper to your... Oh, say his name. God damn it. I'm going to watch Isle of the Dead. <laughs> uh, as, soon as, she says, as soon as she says Glenn, he just gets the O face. Oh, <laughs> like, like, and still- the eye hanging out. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, the ghost of Glenn is looking at in disapproval. What are you talking about? Disapproval. Glenn likes to watch. Oh, I, oh. Why do you think his eye came Wait out like minute. that? He's, he's a honky tonk man. Yeah. But uh, it's just seriously like I don't think there's enough viewership to really warrant it. Like I hear Fear the Walking Dead is decent, but I don't even think that has the numbers of no. The Walking Dead. And like it's just. I no, think Ken, it's just Ken, to stop. Ken M keeps telling me to watch Fear of the Walking Dead. It's gotten better. Uh, I will say this: playing Devil's Advocate here, because I'm on board with both of you guys. Yeah. Playing Devil's Advocate, four million viewers are right around there. It's still a big show on TV nowadays because of television yeah. viewership. So I understand there, but you also have to look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is we used to have twelve million tuning in every week, and we only have four now. So it's like we only have a third of our original retention. Yeah. So you can't say that you haven't hit the peak. The peak was when you had twelve million. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I once again. I get it. I get where they're trying to go. I just, I just don't agree with it. And I'm, I'm with you. I think the zombie fatigue is something to the point where, think about it, zombie movies do very yeah. poorly. And the reason why is because everybody's fucking done. Yeah. And the worst part is, like, back when they were getting the 12 million viewers, they were paying the actors pennies on the dollar. Now that they've gotten bigger as actors because of the show, you got less viewers, and now you got to pay them out more, which, hey... Good for them, but it's like, yeah. it just doesn't seem like a great business model. Norman no. Reedus is making all the money. Oh, so. yeah. Well, we only have one more thing to talk about here. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. This is one of my favorite things to do whenever we get to do this at Nerd News. Get those cars out of here. They're no longer legal. Hasta la vista. Get the fuck out! That means we got magic bannings. <laughs> Diesel, MTG bannings, what do we got going down? Oh, so I didn't even realize that we had a banning today, but then uh, I get bombarded with messages on Discord earlier today, <laughs> and well, we'll start out with the Popper, which had three bannings. Um, Galvanic iteration, banned. Any common with Storm is going to eventually get banned. It's just the nature of Popper. Sorry. Um, they tried to nerf Affinity recently by getting rid of Atog. Well, now they've gotten rid of Disciple of the Vault to also stop the powerhouse that is Affinity. And to uh, slow down the second deck in the format, Tron, they finally banned Expedition Map. So (laughs) trying to make everything a little bit more slow and fair for Popper, but eh, nobody really plays that much, so who cares? Now, the one that hurts. No, it hurts. Here it goes. The two that hurts. One hurts just because nobody plays Pioneer right now, and Pioneer actually has the most upside in my eyes as a format. Well, it's the same card in both formats. Good night, sweet cat demon. Loris has finally been banned. Oh, finally. oh I love Loris. Yeah, Loris is a really good card. Yeah. I, I think they did need to get rid of the companion mechanic and just nerf all the companions to say, all right, that was a bad idea. Are bad. You can still play these cards, but not as a companion. The companion yeah. does not exist anymore. Luris Lava has a soft spot in my heart for the Summer of Rogues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it is no longer playable in anything because it was already banned in Legacy and banned in Vintage. And now I got the ban in P- 
pioneer for the reasoning of, well, it's going to mess up our design space in the future. Not true because we all know that you guys don't have an R&D department anymore. So whatever. You don't think about the future. That's how we get fucked up cards. Yeah. And then modern, which Loris was in probably 40 plus percent of the decks, but all those decks were different. So it wasn't like it was an oppressive deck like Splinter Twin or um, Birthing Pod. It's It was just an oppressive card, but it went in so many different decks where I don't think it was the problem. So good night, sweet prince. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll give them all one final salute. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out. So there you go. One last time, we salute you, banned cards from MTG. And with that, we've come to the end of the Nerd News. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get Diesel's movie triple stuff. He's going to bring you the box office, upcoming movies, and of course, this week's top three. And then right after that, we're going to come right at you with the 3FN Movie Club review of The Batman. Right after this break. Hey, this is Kenna. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, and you're listening to the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. You're falling apart. Try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know I felt it too. And I'm still trying to figure it out, just like you. Just like you. Welcome back to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Got a very exciting box office this week, and coming in at number five, we have Death on the Nile with another $2.7 million. Still making some money. For its 12th week on the top five, Spider-Man No Way Home with another $4.4 million. Holy shit, we're going to hit a billion domestic eventually. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Third week on the list, and I kind of do want to see this uh, dog with uh, six million dollars. There you go. Yeah. Still making money, yeah. surprisingly enough. Number two, Uncharted for Tom Holland's second movie in the top five this week, with another eleven million dollars. So not as much money as Spider Man, but uh, still some good decent money. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Fine. And then we all knew it was going to happen. We didn't. I think we were we were really close. I think on the uh, estimate for uh, domestic. Yeah. One hundred twenty-eight point five million dollars for the Batman. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was a little high. I think actually Ron was closer at one thirty. No, I, I, I think I, did, I, I, I had he was closer. Yeah, you were. I, closer. I, I, I went lower. I, you I were said almost. You were almost there. No, you were at one thirty-five diesel. Yeah. I was at one fifty. So you were the closest. But yeah, we I, were. I we were. The logic was there. Yeah. The logic was there. So it, it, they, they made all the monies. All right. Not much coming out for a couple weeks. Um, but coming out this week on March 11th, we got Tyson's Run, Off Season, and All My Friends Hate Me. And then next week, we have X, Umma, The Outfit, Cheaper by the Dozen, and Alice. I'll be going to see X for sure and reviewing yes. that on Horror Zone 607 for sure. Uh, I'm a fan. And, uh, of course, then we're going to have to discuss what movies we'll be reviewing here on uh 
the Three Fat Nerds podcast over the next couple weeks as well because we're going to have to do some throwback yeah. films. Got to do some throwbacks until Morbius. That's right. Morbius comes out on April Fool's Day, yeah. uh, so which we'll probably be seeing it on the day before because that probably will be preview day. All right, Diesel, that brings us to this week's top three. What do you got? This week's our top three in honor of the Batman and Catwoman, your top three on-screen couples. On-screen couples. TV and movie or just movie? Yep, TV and movies. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Uh, At my number three uh, position, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a sucker for for a good murder couple, and uh, that's why I'm going to go with uh, Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. (laughs) There's there's definitely some incest going on (laughs) as far as Michael goes. Let's be honest. He got all turned on and keyed up by his other sister. I'm sure that that's what's going on there, too. Yeah, that's why it's number three, because I can't argue it further than that. (laughs) But y'all know. Y'all fucking know it's going on. Uh, My number two is, of course, one of my favorite movies of all time, and we bring it up every time we talk about chick flicks, and that is Object of My Affection, Jennifer uh, Aniston and Paul Rudd, and that is a complicated relationship due to the fact that uh, Paul Rudd's character is gay, but it is still a beautiful movie and a beautiful relationship, and the right way to to, to do some co-parenting, if you will. And, uh, man, number one was a tough one for me. I, I had a lot of ones that I went over. There was a lot of them that I was like, man, should I pick this one? Should I go with that one? But when it comes down to it, when I think of couples and I think of my childhood and we all remember, I always talk about how technically they were movies, they were movies and TV shows that were on previous to when I was growing up. Uh, They had reruns and one of them always comes to mind and I always love the show is Mork and Mindy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Of course, it is a, a Happy Day spinoff, which I would learn later on because I didn't know that, obviously, when I was a kid. But later on, I would learn that. And uh, I always loved uh, that chemistry. It was kind of cool. Uh, Robin Williams is amazing. And it was such a great show to the point that I've watched it recently. And I'm like, it's still a fucking great yeah. show. So, yeah, Mork and Mindy are my number one because, I, you know, they really do go together yeah. like peanut butter and jelly. Go ahead, uh, Ron. Uh, number three, uh, The Wedding Singer, Julia Silver, Sullivan and uh, Robbie Hart, but Drew Barrymore and... Uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. That's yeah, that's that, great. And of course, one of, one of, one of my cla- one of the classics. The greatest moment of that movie, of course, is with uh, Billy fucking Idol. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go number two. Uh, Tiffany and Pat and Silver Linings Playbook. Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Bradley Cooper. Okay. Yep. That was a. And then number one, I'm just going to throw it out there. Angel and Buffy. That was a toxic relationship. Sometimes you have to have a toxic well, relationship. Spike and Buffy. Well, was I, was, I almost want Spike and Buffy. Spike and Buffy. I, I would go. If with. it was if it wasn't for how Angel left, I don't think Spike and Buffy would have. See, I'm going to argue yours because I think it's Angel and Cordelia and Spike and Buffy. I think that's the better relationships. It was more healthy well, the, all around. The, the more healthy relationships, but not better relationships. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I got an honorable mention, and uh, I'm not a big fan of this TV show, but Cersei and Jamie Lannister. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> Nothing like twin love. <laughs> uh, number three, we got. We're going for uh, some TV, and we're going with uh, Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv. Ooh, ooh. Which which pairing though? I, I'm going with the first, the old school, the first the OG, the OG. Number two, we're going with the movie The Big Sick, based on the real life relationship of Camille Nanjiani and Emily Gordon. I had a feeling you were going to pick that as well because they don't Yep. And then number one. Rody Josh, you shouldn't be shocked. Jack and Ennis from Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> the most tragic, but they they, they loved each other. They, they truly did. loved each other, and they couldn't be together because of the the time that they were in. And Let's be honest. You're probably the entire reason why this list was a thing. <laughs> so he could squeeze that in there. He's so he could squeeze it in. Oh, I don't know if I would squeeze anything in on that one. <laughs> oh. 
I think I think you squeezed it all in. <laughs> I think it's time to get a little ominous, folks. Because it's finally time. It is time for the Diesels. Well, no, sorry. The 3FN Movie Club. I'm sorry. We changed it. Review of the movie that everybody would kind of wait to see. And I'm still... I, I, I need to go see it again. Let's be honest. Uh, that should tell you all you need to know for recommendations. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to talk the Batman. And of course, uh, before we jump in, before we get started and uh, and give you our recommendations and such, let's go over the cast crew and everything else that we got going on here. Of course, the Batman debuted on March 1st, 2022 in the Lincoln Center. And of course, the wide release March 4th, 2022, all over the United States and the world. Runtime, 176 minutes. Uh, it is distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures in production with DC Films 6 in Idaho in uh, Dylan Clark Productions. Of course, uh, it is uh, produced by Dylan Clark and Matt Reeves, based on characters from DC. It was written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig and directed by Matt Reeves. Cinematography, cinematography sorry, by uh, Greg Frazier, edited by William Hoy, Tyler Nelson, and music by Michael, uh, Michael, I said Michael, Michael Gincino. Of course, the movie stars Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, and Colin Farrell, amongst others. But those are the major stars of the film. And uh, as we already talked about, it, uh, it the budget of the movie, 185 to $200 million worldwide. Do you know what the number is? Yep. What is the number, Diesel? 250 worldwide already. 258.2 million. Yep. So 258.2 million worldwide. So it is made its money back, then some worldwide, which is no surprise. And once again in the States, $128 million, you said? Amazing box office draw for the Batman, especially in pandemic time. Now, before we get into spoilers, before we give out our full review, uh, of course, you know, obviously everybody knows what the Batman is, kind of what it's about. So I'm not going to give the synopsis. Because I don't want to spoil anything. Let's go around. Let's get the spoiler-free recommendation, or not recommendation, and why. And we'll start with Ron. Do you recommend seeing the Batman, and why? Non-spoiler. I recommend seeing the Batman. It is one of the best tellings out there. Uh, You need to see it. It is three hours, but you need to see it. Agreed. Diesel. It is three hours, but it didn't feel anything longer than 135 minutes. I was ready for more. I... Strongly recommend seeing it and going again. And this is probably one I will probably see like three times in theaters. I love this movie. Go yeah, see it. I definitely have to go see it again this upcoming weekend. I'm planning on taking uh, Aiden to finally go see it because he didn't go see it. And I, he has, other than uh, feeling ill right now, he does have lacrosse practice at nights. So it's hard for me to go take him after seven o'clock because it's a three hour film. But I recommend this to anybody. It's a great movie, great action film, uh, very well shot. And like I said, it's this is definitely a film you should definitely go see. Highest recommendations from myself. Now, let's go to Spoilerville. So that means if you haven't seen the Batman and you don't want it spoiled, this is time to tune out, set it on the shelf, the podcast that is, until you see the Batman, come back and hear our spoiler full review of the Batman. But for everybody else, we are at the warning track. And after this warning music, we will be talking spoilers about the Batman. All right, here we are. We are in the spoiler zone. We are going to do talking reviews. And, and you know, I'm going to just go on a limb here. And I'm going to stink. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. 
that there's less wrong with this movie than was right with this movie. That should tell everybody what they need yeah. to know. <laughs> I'm going to start off, and because I, I, I know we're going to gush over a lot of things. I had only two takeaways that were negative, and I'm, and I'm going to explain why they weren't complete negatives, more like preference things, but still negatives, and then you guys could add in if you want to talk about them. The first thing that I did, of course, is I say this all the time. The movie at three hours, we could have cut some shit and really kind of like kind of got it down. With that being said, I'm not complaining that it was three hours. Same thing like with Spider-Man No Way Home or same thing with Endgame. I thought those movies were fine and they're great movies. Obviously, look at my scores of them. Same thing with this, though. There still could have been some cuts. With that being said, it didn't hurt the movie, so it's not like it's a major detraction. I just felt like there were some things that could have been gone. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be the first to say in the negatives here, they could have gotten rid of that whole Annika storyline, and it would have skipped a beat. Yeah. Because yeah. you could have done something different to still get to the same thing. Because you could have had Catwoman have the guy on the fucking uh, the, the top of the building, the crooked cop, when he did, and he could have just admitted that uh, her father killed her mother. And that would have been enough reason yeah. for her to go back and do what she did. And he didn't have to have the 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 kind of shoehorned in character to tie things together, which yeah. that's one of the only complaints I have. And if you would have cut that stuff out, you would have saved yourself 10, 15 minutes. Right. But with that being said, it's still not a huge problem. It's just something nitpicky. And the other nitpickiness that I, it's not even nitpicky. The other thing that I didn't like, and once again, why it's not a ton of a detractor is because we didn't get a lot of it anyways. I was not a fan of emo Bruce Wayne. Once again, we didn't get a lot of Bruce Wayne to begin with, so it's not like it took away from most of the movie because we had very little Bruce Wayne. But something about emo fucking, <laughs> like, literally, like, in the height of... Like, it looked like he could have been the front man for My Chemical Romance in their in their prime. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was not a fan of that. And we'll get into it in a minute because I thought Robert Pattinson was an amazing Batman. Yeah. Uh, so for all the haters out there. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, that that was my two takeaways. Are you guys you guys want to add to that or whatever about just negative or what I considered negative? My whole gripe is the fitting the bat suit in that backpack. <laughs> it's the only place. That was a bulky ass back. That was a bulky ass fucking bat suit. But, but it was never felt like it would look like it was full. Yeah, but you know he had the technology that made it fucking turn into a suit, like the the wind suit. So then maybe he had the technology to shrink it. Maybe he had pin particles. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't call this buddy the atom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really don't have any negatives. I will. I will tackle one of yours though with the whole the emo thing. I I kind of loved it just because you know he. This, this whole movie is him getting out of that phase, too. Yeah. Like, he was searching for that, I need to stop being, you know, vengeance and become a hero. And I, so I kind of enjoyed that, and we really did not see much Bruce Wayne. Right, that's why it's only a small detraction. It's not yeah. a major one. Uh, with that being said, let's dive right into a positive, and I think we're all going to say this, so we might as well jump in. Robert Pattinson, as Batman, was phenomenal. Yeah. He looked the part, yeah. he acted the part, and the story arc for Batman in this movie from, you know, we we, we, we always we already had, uh, assumed that it was year two. They show you in the movie, which was good that they always pointed things out. They're, they're going over his files, they're just kind of looking on the desk and it says Gotham Project Year Two. Yeah. So you know it's, it's the second year of him being Batman. So, you know, when you get that weird scene where he's got the little fly suit on, uh, which uh, the reason that's not going to make a return is because of his landing, but it's still like, because somebody was like, how did that make sense? It's like, well, he's testing and shit out it's yeah. too yeah. you know what works what doesn't work yeah. uh but I, I will say this i loved where the movie starts 
this movie starts with a great Robert Pattinson voiceover. Well, there's a little bit before that, but what it really kicks in is there's a great Robert Pattinson voiceover where he's talking about himself, Batman, in the third person. And he's basically like, you know, Gotham is overrun. Gotham is this. And then you see the, you know, there's, you see this person setting up to rob a store. You see this person setting up to rob some people. You see this uh, group of uh, hoodlums on a uh, subway, like to just, they're about to beat somebody up. And you see, because they're showing a video of it. And he's going over how this is happening. And in the process, these people do the crimes. But then the bat signal gets turned on. And you see one by one, like first, uh, first we have the guy in the grocery store who stole the money and he, he looks down this dark alley, he looks up and sees the symbol and then he looks down this dark alley where he was going to run and decides, no, I'm not going that way. And then you, you go to the guy who is vandalizing uh, some kind of city building and he, he drops his, he sees the symbol and it makes him drop his can of spray paint and it rolls into this dark doorway. And he's like, no, not going there. And then, you know, you get to the guy who was robbing people, you know, and then you get to the guys on the train, which is where you ended, obviously. And during the voiceover, he says that this is not just a sign to get me to, to so I know there's crime. This is a sign that brings fear to those who are committing crime. And you see it and you're just like, oh shit. Like this is like, and then you get the scene from pretty much the trailers yeah. where he comes up, beats the shit out of the guy, says, because who are you? I'm vengeance. And then uh, he electrocutes a motherfucker. Let's just throw it out there. <laughs> a little Black Widow style, yes. <laughs> electrocutes a motherfucker. Uh, dude, it, it was so cool. And then throughout the movie, you literally get to see him be this pretty much emotionless like vengeance machine on revenge, which is makes sense. The reason he became a vigilante is because his parents were murdered. And so he's all about revenge and vengeance. And then you see the, the, the plot change in him. Wait, you mean to tell me his parents were murdered? They didn't go over this at all. No, thankfully, <laughs> dude, I was going to deduct it. I'm going to tell you what, in the theater, I said I was going to deduct a point from this movie. If they gave us the origin story, they didn't even give us yeah. a flashback. I, I appreciate yeah. it. Cause we know the fucking yeah. story. Yeah. We know the story. We know Thomas and Martha get whacked. We get it. We know. It's just like when they did the the Spider Man Homecoming. That was my favorite part. They didn't waste any time on the origin story. We fucking know. We know the origin story. But uh, I thought it was great. And the story arc for him until the end, from going from vengeance, as you point out, to the hero, it was fucking just, it's just phenomenal in the way that you get there. Uh, let's just give a shout outs, man. The acting in this movie. Woo! Oh, yeah, Not only does Patson play a great Batman, uh, Zoe Kravitz, great Catwoman, dare yep. say the best. Yep. Yes. Uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Oh, dare I say the, I, the oh, probably one of the best performances in this movie. Period. I just want I just want a standalone movie. Just that. Oh, by the way, you're getting the series on HBO yeah. Max. Yeah, they're doing the Penguin series. Yeah, it takes that. place after the Batman. So we're gonna get to see him take over yeah. the crime world, which is great. Uh, so I'm I'm excited for that, and it is starring Colin Farrell. Of course, uh, let's talk about it. Paul Dano as the Riddler and of course going into this movie we knew this was going to be a Riddler we've never seen before this is not going to be the green suit question mark guy this isn't going to be the one that's just making witty jokes and doesn't have any substance this was going to be based on a serial killer more specifically the Zodiac yeah. Killer and boy oh boy first of all you don't see Paul Dano for most of this movie no. I mean he's in it he's underneath a mask but you don't see him and him under a mask is very menacing, which is weird because Paul Dano's not a very yeah, no. physically intimidating person. But because of the way he's breathing, because of the way he's moving, I thought he did a great job in it. And then when you finally get the reveal and it's Paul Dano, boy, it's like night and day, though. Without the mask, he's not confident. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a bumbling you know, nerd that has real issues. But I thought it was perfect. I don't know. How'd you feel about the acting uh, in the movie? And then we'll dive into the Riddler a little more in a minute too. Yeah, special shout out to Paul Dano. I will take the hot take. 
best Batman villain in any movie. I I love Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. I think Paul Dano is a much superior character in this movie. I'm going to yeah. say it. I think I, I, I'm going to be the guy. I think Heath Ledger drafts the number three behind both Farrell and yeah. Yeah. and and Daniel, but they killed it. Yeah. They killed. I'm just going to continue on. But the acting overall was great. Um, if you're comparing the Batman movies to each other, like without a doubt, Robert Pattinson is the best Batman. Um, Zoe Kravitz is the best Catwoman. I, Colin Farrell, the best Penguin. Yeah. yeah, and the list goes on. Like there's a couple. Like I'm kind of still on the fence with Andy Serkis's Alfred. He's in the top two, definitely. I'm just not sure if he takes number one. He didn't have a lot of time in this movie. Yeah. I want to be honest. He didn't have a lot of time. I did like him when I saw him. Yep. So I, I'm going to say he's good. I won't say he's best yet yeah. because I want more time, yeah. which we'll get in the sequels. But we got to be honest. This is the first Batman movie where it is said by him that he's the was the protection for the Waynes, not yeah. the butler. Yeah. So therefore, <laughs> you know, we're kicking into that world of him being an MI6 member before he worked for the Waynes. And I like that this is the first movie, not show. We've we've had it in the Pennyworth yeah. show. This is the first movie where he where where Alfred says it out loud. Yeah. yeah. And then going down the list, like everybody absolutely nailed it. There was I don't think there was a single weak link in this movie. So John Turturro fucking kills it. We were talking about kills this. Kills it as Falco. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking oh. about this on the way up. I think I vaguely remember hearing that John Turturro was in this movie. I, I forgot. I, I did too. Yeah. But then when he showed up, I'm like, that's John Turturro. And he fucking killed Carmine that. Falcone. Amazing. Killed that role. And the list goes on and on for all the actors. Like, everybody did great. The score was oh, beautiful. Like, menacing. It um, Matt Reeves obviously took a lot of um, influences from David Fincher, and I very much appreciate that. This was a dark, dark, dark band. Well, let's talk about the cinematography and the score together. Oh. Cinematography, lots of blacks, lots of reds. Very good. I mean, the, the posters yeah. where you see them in the red, that, that's that's the movie, yeah. though. Yeah. Like, it's lots of reds, lots of black. It's it's fucking very dark. The music accompanies it. I mean, obviously, coming back from the break, you heard a little bit of that. That's the Batman theme. Yeah. That's the theme you hear when Batman's around. I mean, that, that that's how menacing and dark it is. And, it, you know, as you go through this movie, you get that. And I, I, I got to address it up front, though, because we talk about actors. I want to swing back around. There is a few people out there that are having their detractions or Paul Dano and the Riddler and how that all worked out. Because I, I, I've heard many people like they didn't understand. I'm like, I, I don't know what you didn't understand. Yeah. Like, first of all, he's based on a serial killer. Yeah. And secondly, here's the thing. He says it all when, he, when he, him and Batman have the confrontation. He says, you know, I grew up in an orphanage. My parents died. And I was nothing, though. I was poor. Meanwhile, Bruce Wayne... Gets to gets all the attention. Oh, his poor parents died and leave him billions of dollars, and he gets all the attention. And he's what an orphan is, and they stepped all over us and they cheated us. And then you know, you have all that harboring inside of you. But on top of that, he discovers because he's smart. What during his booking job discovers that they are laundering money through the Wayne Fund that nobody knew about, yeah. the renewal fund yeah. that Thomas Wayne set up. And, of course, Thomas Wayne didn't have anything to do with it, but he didn't know that. When Thomas Wayne died, they, the, the, the gangs took it over. That's what we find out. But but he doesn't know that. Paul Dano's character, the Riddler, does not know that. Which was also great, too, because you kind of almost sympathize with the Riddler's motives because he is trying to rid the city of corruption until it comes to when he wants to kill Bruce Wayne. That's just the insanity kicking in with the... Like, everybody else kind of deserves to die. 
Except oh, yeah. for Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne wasn't innocent, but he was just jealous from a child on because he was an actual orphan. That was then, his two motivations. Yep. yep. And here's the best part about it. And, and the crux of the movie there is he thinks that he is doing good yep. and he thinks him and Batman are on the same side. Yeah. And, and it's cool because in the movie, and I think a lot of people miss this, and me and you talked about this on the ride home, there's a portion in the movie where uh, Catwoman says to Batman uh, when they're talking and says, hey, listen, you, I think you would get along with this Riddler fellow because... You guys are out for the same thing. Yeah. And and she basically cuz she doesn't obviously know he's Bruce. She yeah. says because fuck the Waynes, who cares about them? They have it they they had it good. Who cares? But this guy's getting rid of corruption and stuff. They, like that seems like he'd be on your side. Yeah. So they foreshadow that and when you when you have the meeting between them at, at Arkham and he's he, and of course, I this is genius. Let's let's talk about this, go back to it cuz obviously we, we jump around cuz we don't go in order. Uh, the genius part about this is the one flaw in the Batman character, and this is where he shows his young part of being a detective. Throughout the movie, we see how great he is on picking up on clues and deciphering things. This is they did a great job of showing yeah. why he is the detective. Yeah. You know, detective comics, the whole nine. He does all the detective work. The one thing he misses is because of his own va- being his own being vain. Yeah. And that is he worries about people finding out that Batman is Bruce Wayne. And so when they go to the Riddler's house after they capture and put Riddler in Arkham, as he's sitting there, he's looking at the wall, and the wall reads things like, I know who you are under the mask, you know, blah, 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 blah. So he thinks that the Riddler knows that he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And so he starts not looking for clues, per se. He starts, like, worrying about it. As a matter of fact, what he says to Jim Gordon before he leaves is like, well, this might be the end of the Batman. Because he's expecting that this guy, especially because the last video he made was the unmasked truth. So he thinks that he's going to be revealed as Bruce Wayne. He thinks that the Riddler knows. So when he goes to Arkham, and this is great setup, and the Riddler thinks he's on his side, but he doesn't know that at the time. Because at the time, when he comes in, they're talking, and all of a sudden, Riddler's like, Bruce... Bruce Wayne. And he keeps going Bruce Wayne in weird, weird voices. So Batman takes that as he knows that he's Bruce Wayne and he's talking to him. What we find out is he doesn't. Yeah. He just thinks him and Batman are on the same side and does not put two and two together that he's Bruce Wayne. And when that is revealed, Bruce is all Batman's all of a sudden like, oh, wait a minute. Like yep. he doesn't know, so fuck. So then he's like, "What? What do you mean? What are you talking about?" Because then he starts to brag about, and our final, our final act is going to be brought out. We're going to get the last laugh because he thinks Batman's on his side. And then he goes, and then he starts leaning in, and that's when the Riddler starts laughing and goes, "Oh, you're not as smart as I thought you were. You don't know." Yeah, he has that moment of psychosis where he realizes that, oh, he's not on the same page as me. Loses his mind for a few seconds, and then re- has that stamp realization. I'm smarter than you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. All so good. So when Bruce goes back to the part, the, the apartment to find something out, the officer there, by the way, got, you got to love when they put plot armor like this <laughs> in, but the officer is, it says that that murder weapon is not just a murder weapon. It's what you use to bend down a fucking carpet. Yeah. So then he rips the carpet up because underneath the carpet, it tells the story and then they watch the video, but it's too late because he wasted all that time thinking that he knew that he was Batman and was going to destroy Batman. And it's it was kind of that one moment of being him being vain that took him out of of being a detective and that was a cool learning experience yeah. because up to this point batman's not wrong yeah and that was like a cool learning experience and i i, I thought that was perfectly mixed into this movie and one hell of a third act yeah yeah one hell of a third act the blowing up of the the seawall and the flooding of the place, including uh, Gotham Square Garden. Yeah. <laughs> you love how that worked, right? And then the fact that there is armed 
Riddlerites, if you will. Yeah. You, you come to realize during the unmasking video that he has a certain number of followers, you know, a few hundred. 507. Yeah. But uh, as you see earlier in the movie, they foreshadow that with, you know, people holding up the, the signs and stuff like that, like the protests and whatnot. So you're like, oh, he has a following. And then you're reading the side when they're doing the video, and you're just like, this doesn't make sense on the side. And then it does. Oh, we yeah. need masks. We need saran wrap. Don't forget your saran wrap. Yeah. Don't forget your guns and ammunition. What they're, caliber is best? Yeah. They're going, not only is this going to flood, they're going to take out the new mayor. They're going to take out everybody at the garden who is there to seek refuge. Yep. And of course, Batman knows. And of course, we get the, you know, at first Jim Gordon's fighting it off. And then we get the great explosion to take out the roof from Batman. Because of course, Batman has to make the great fucking end which was amazing by the yeah. way i liked how that looked yeah. i don't give a shit and then we get the, the the fight scene like the like there's fight scenes throughout the movie yeah. once again that one in the trailer i think it was uh with, when he walks through the hallway taking the shots way better in the movie when yes. in context of the movie yeah. so badass yeah. you see batman just eating fucking shots and beating the <laughs> shit out of people you're like <gasps> and one of the coolest things about this as a movie as a whole versus all the other movies there's no like end boss for the fight scenes he is just straight up fighting henchmen the entire time. Yeah. He has no physical contact with the Riddler. While saving, while trying yeah. to save as many people yeah. as he can. So this was really cool the way that they, they used that. There was no, you know, big bad at the end. It was just vengeance just destroying these people. Yeah. And it was, it was great to watch. Oh, and, and of course it comes to the point, you know, Catwoman comes and helps because she happens to be there and it looks like somebody fucking shotgun blasts the Batman takes him out of the game for a minute and it looks like this guy is going to kill her and he hits himself by the way did you notice he used the Venom yeah yeah. so he, he has not talking about the Venom from fucking Marvel you know we think about uh, Bane yeah Venom into his leg and fucking shoots himself and he comes back with a vengeance and once again hurt the people you he loves he is I thought he killed the guy at yeah. first I thought he yeah. with his fists yeah like, he just wouldn't stop. Like, Jim Gordon has to pull him off because he will not stop. And he still was trying to go. Yeah. <laughs> but then shortly thereafter, you see the humanity. You see him go from vengeance to, oh, shit, these people need help. And he literally electrocutes himself to save people. Yeah. And then starts pulling the people out of the places to get them to safety. And you're just like, holy shit, man. Batman's, like, fucking really, really rocking it. It was kind of a cool throwback to, like, Batman versus Superman where Batman is shown getting people out of the rubble. Yeah. And it was it was actually really beautiful. It brought like near tears to me for that one when he was rescuing <laughs> people. It was it was just really cool visuals with the red flare and the yeah. darkness. It was and like the voiceover on top of it. And like I love that scene. That scene yeah. was great because he he stopped being vengeance and started becoming a hero finally. Yeah. and it's the only, it's one of the only times you see him in daylight with the, the bat suit on. Yeah. Yeah, when he goes up to the well, roof, when they're, and then, and then when they're on top, and, and then the like he's holding the little in. the little girl's yeah. hand, he yeah. holds her while well, holds her hand while she's being lifted, yeah. and you're like, he, and he, that's the moment he realizes that he doesn't, he shouldn't be vengeance. Yeah. He needs the, the city needs a hero, yeah, and he's going to be the hero. Uh, but at the same time, we get a little bit of lying too, because uh, Matt Reeves lied to us all, <laughs> uh, because of course everybody knows Barry Kehoe was scheduled to be in this movie. We found out about this late. Yeah. It was kind of a held secret, but all of a sudden, we, uh, when that broke, we got him in a trailer, and in the trailer, he's talking to Bruce Wayne. Well, we don't get that scene yeah. in this movie because Barry Kehoe, and that, that's where uh, Ron said, maybe it's Hush, which was a great guess. Yeah. We didn't know any better. Yeah. Well, we go to Arkham. And the Riddler, upset. Well, at first, he's happy, and then once he realizes his plan's been foiled, he's very upset. And there's another inmate. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Who we can't really see. You can tell his face is deformed. Yeah. So I thought two face at first. I'm going to be honest. 
So you tell his face, but I'm like, man, we didn't even get Harvey Dent. This is bullshit. You know, like I, yeah. I, I need to see both sides here. So I'm like, so we have this person and there's this little conversation about, you know, hey, cheer up. There's nothing over. And he gives them the riddle of uh, what's the most valuable thing in the world. And if you lose one, it, it makes you feel like you've lost it all. And of course, the Riddler is friends like it, dude, he sounds like fucking sloth from the goonies am i wrong no paul dano is amazing in this yeah. one he's because he's kind of like simple but he's a genius it's weird he's like friends and he's like ah. and then the person in the next cell starts laughing maniacally and you're like oh shit barry keogh's the fucking joker yep. yeah they don't ever show him incomplete but and and of course it has been confirmed. Matt Reeves has and the credits it says he's an unnamed inmate. Yeah. Yeah. But bear, uh, since then Matt Reeves did an interview and says it is exactly who you think yeah. it is. And I lied to all of you in that trailer to throw you off that scent. Yep. And there's also um, they filmed a bunch of additional scenes with him just to throw everybody off. I actually think I saw him in the movie. That's why I want to do another rewatch soon is uh i think he was the valet at one point too i think they left a scene in of him being the valet they like, might have just just yeah. to, just to throw yeah. you off yeah. but it, it was a good throw off yeah. i dig it and i love how matt reeves is like yep it's exactly who you think it is <laughs> uh and yes i just i i put a fake thing in the trailer just so you yeah. guys would uh you guys would think it throw you off the set yeah. so I, I i know i lied to you but i did it in a good thing so you get that reveal at the end of course Catwoman goes away and stuff at the end uh Let's talk. Let's go going back in time because I mean, let's be honest. This movie is that. That's that arc. That's what the biggest part of this movie. I thought was, but like a lot of the side missions, if you will, in this movie are great. I mean, for a fucking Batman movie, the Riddler kills are brutal. Yeah, yeah. it's near like some of you don't see much of it, but it's like saw like contraptions yeah and then like the rat cage on the guy's head that's that we don't get to see what happens but we presume that the rats ate into his head yeah, yeah. and and just that first kill where you know the bash his skull in well, yeah the like, mayor's there watching the tv you know watching the things from the the polls going on and you just see him standing back there breathing heavy and you're just like turn around motherfucker turn around what the fuck is going on <laughs> it's like a horror movie yeah, yeah it really great. is um, I like that. I mean, John Turturro, though. Like, first of all, we all forgot he was in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And, oh, my God, was he a great character in this movie. Great character. I mean, we find out, you know, just like we found on the comics recently, that Thomas Wayne wasn't always a choir boy. Mm -hmm. And Thomas Wayne, you know, even though he was trying to do the best he could for Gotham, sometimes that meant that he had to help the underbelly, which would be, you know, uh, Maroney. And, of course, he's now in prison. And uh, that means Falcone. And, of course, we find out that Falcone's a fucking stool pigeon. That, mm -hmm. is, that is the stool pigeon we're all hiding yeah. and uh, in plain sight. But we find out that uh, Thomas Wayne did go to uh, Falcone at one point in Juncture and tell him to rough up a uh, journalist who was uh, going after uh, Martha. Martha Wayne. And, uh, of course, Falcone took that as, uh, eh, we're just going to kill the motherfucker. Yeah. And, of course... You know, uh, Thomas was going to go to the cops, and then Th we, we then Thomas, uh, find, you know, ends up dead. And then we end up finding out, that, you know, in this world, Carmine Falcone kills Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Like, they don't ever specifically say it, but it is definitely heavily implied. Yeah, he, he wasn't the one who pulled the trigger, but he's the one who set it up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I love I love the Riddler's, uh, one of the greatest Riddler things is when you bring the rat to the light, <laughs> it'll all be over. And when they bring him out in cuffs, he just happens to be under a streetlight and the Riddler shoots him in the fucking chest yeah. with a uh, sniper rifle. Yeah. So you're just like, oh shit. Like yeah. he literally meant when you bring the yeah. rat into the light, it will be yeah. over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was really cool stuff. Uh, One of my favorite things too was like 
early on when these Batman's going in through the club to get to Club Forty Four, just that fight thing going through, and then <laughs> yeah. which was a cool cool ass scene. But then later on when Bruce Wayne is going through the club, it was just a nice little throwback. Yeah. No fight. It was just yeah. all right. Batman can go there because he's fucking Batman. Bruce can go there because he's a fucking billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, one of my favorite scenes of the movie has to be when they get the... Pe- well, after the penguin chase, which you kind of see a little bit in the yeah. theater. And I'm glad they kept the upside-down camera. Oh, that looked cool in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Looked cool in the movie. After that, though, what you don't see in the trailer, of course, is that they tie up the penguin <laughs> and take him to a pier. And uh, they are they assume that the penguin is the snitch. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you've got it all wrong. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then they start piecing together, oh, shit, it's not him. And they need to go somewhere else. And he's sitting there, and he's like, oh, great. You guys made a mistake. Like, great. Now, are you going to let me go? Are you going to untie me? And they start driving. He's like, wait, where, where are you guys going? Oh, this is bullshit. And he waddles. And he waddles like a penguin away. It is hilarious, though. And, uh, dude, Colin Farrell. Fucking phenomenal. Cannot wait for the series. I cannot wait for more Penguin. Of course, at the end of the movie, we get to see the Penguin looking over the destruction of the city (sighs) from a window going, hey, I'm the crime boss now. And that is what the uh, HBO Max series will be about, is him becoming the crime lord of Gotham. Uh, So I can't wait for that. Oh, man. There's so much good shit in this movie. Like I, The acting in this movie, top notch. Uh, with the exception, like I said, I didn't like emo Bruce Wayne. I understand yeah. you did, but we don't see a lot of him, so it's yeah. not a huge deduction because of it because we don't see a lot of emo Bruce Wayne. Yeah. We don't see a lot of Bruce Wayne, period. Yeah. We see a lot of Batman without the cowl on, but he is not Bruce Wayne at that point. Oh, he's yeah. Batman. Dude, <laughs> yeah. there's a difference between Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like, Batman, dude, the, even the way he walks, yeah. even the way he looks around, and for everybody who was worried that Pattinson wasn't big enough, he looks monstrous in that suit. Yeah. Like, they really did a good job of making, and he, the facial features he makes as he's Batman, I love this Batman voice. It's 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 still a little deeper than when he's Bruce, but it's not like, it's definitely not the fucking, oh, I'm Batman. <laughs> like, it's it's just a normal, like, I deepen my voice just slightly, just so you don't know it's me. I don't wear <laughs> hockey pants. And he speaks very low. He doesn't yell. He <laughs> talks very low and very just kind of, here I am. Yes. And just the shots of, you know, the detective Batman, like, the stoically standing there, being allowed to be at a crime scene because of Jim Gordon just looked amazing and it was so cool. The cops obviously don't want him there, but Jim Gordon's like, look, motherfucker, he's our only shot. Yeah. And plus there's all these notes to the Batman. Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of people that also didn't like Jeffrey Wright. I thought he was good. I don't think he's the best Jim Gordon, yeah. but I will say this. He did very good. Yeah. I, I liked it. Him. I love the scene in the, the police where they had, they're going to lock up Batman. <laughs> and he's like, let me just have a talk with him. He's like, a couple minutes. That's all you get. He's like, he just comes up and he looks up to him. He's like, all right, so you're going to punch me in the face. There's keys in my pocket. You're going to run down the hallway. That's how you're going to get out of here because we need to get you out of here. And he's like, are you sure about all this? How do you know about that? Oh, look at that guy over there. That guy I saw him at Club 44. Oh, okay, I'll look into that. All right. And then he, he's like, and then when they see him and they meet up, he's like, you know, you could have pulled that punch a little bit. He's like, I did. <laughs> there was that. There was that. With the, you could have pulled the punch. I did pull the punch. There was, I don't even, Gordon saying, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. I trust bit. you. I trust you more than anybody, and I don't even know who you are. Yeah. That, um, the other line that I liked was the Alfred line to Bruce about the accountants coming to show up. Yeah. And it's because he goes, and he's like, I don't care about that. He goes, when you don't have any money, you're going to care about that. And this this is why we need to do this. Like, showing that he wasn't focused on keeping the money. Like, he didn't care. Well, and, well he was just using the money because we saw, yeah. like, incredible use of technology. Those contact lenses yeah. that recorded everything. Oh, those are so cool. Was really cool. And it was really cool because he wears these contacts, which records everything that happens during the night that he sees. Yeah. And then he rewatches everything the next day. Like, you... 
And he, can, he, he can take this. He can take the. Uh, he can take you know stole images of it. That's how he yeah. gets the 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 cipher from. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and of course, Alfred starts deciphering, <laughs> and he's like, it, "It just reminds me of uh, when I was in special forces." Yeah. Like it was kind of funny. He's like doing yeah. it like his morning crossword puzzle, uh, and yeah. then but doing it wrong. Well, no, he did. No, he did. No. He got he got it right, but then they figured out that it was the actually room. just right, uh, right, right. It That's was spelling out something big. But he's like, "How did you figure out the O's?" He was like, "Oh, I started looking for repeated patterns that would yeah. create words." But then they figured out it was just actually the major yeah, pattern. Yeah, 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 no, that's why it was cool. It was cool stuff. Yeah, because yeah, the riddle was not going to just use a simple cipher. There's a riddle within the riddle, yeah. which makes it so. Which dangerous. was actually the funny part is it was a simple cipher <laughs> because that's what he did. He wanted to fool you into thinking yeah. that he won, and he did. Uh, I, I thought it was. I, I honestly, I, I think this was one of, if not my. Uh, favorite Batman movie of all time. So that's going to yeah. tell you, as a big Batman fan with a Batman tattoo, that's going to tell you what you need to know. Any final thoughts that you guys want to add to the review portion of the Batman here? Yeah, so this is a great Batman movie for me. I enjoy the dark Batman. Now, I've read a lot of people bitching about the Riddler not wearing you know the top hat and the green suit. I don't want that. And granted, people look at Batman differently, but for me who likes the dark Batman, this was near perfect like this was fucking great and if they had you know the jim carrey asked riddler i would i would not like this movie as much same thing with like you know the rotund penguin with the flippers for hands like this movie was great it was perfect for the dark fans of the batman uh series like it's Great. I also want to point out in the comic books, and I'm a big comic fan of obviously Batman as well. Because of Batman '66, when I was a kid, I'm a big Riddler fan. Yeah. It was it was a great portrayal of him back then. And the problem with the Riddler is he's one of the best comic book villains, but because he doesn't do anything serious ever, he always gets outshined by other villains. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially the Joker, which everybody does, but other villains get ahead of him just because he doesn't. This was the first time I was like, man, the the fucking Riddler feels like a badass. Yeah. And I like the fact that they did something different with the Riddler because it's a character that, listen, nobody would have let, honestly, everybody who complains about it, I'm sorry. You guys wouldn't have liked it if he was in the fucking yeah. top hat and the question mark suit and he's like, hey, look at that, I'm here. And doing just witty because then there would have been no killing. There would have been no yeah. dark side and there would have been no draw to it. And I think that this was a good way to bring a draw to the Riddler. And here's the thing. You never know. Maybe when he teams up with the Joker, he might start wearing the top hat and stuff, which I hope not. Yeah. But it could happen because obviously they're, they're working towards some team up. And I mean, Matt Reeves has said he's he wants to do five or more Batman films. So he's he's ready to make this universe huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, how great is it when Earth 2 is going to be better than the DCEU? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you want to add anything else, Diesel? Again, I just I did enjoy this movie immensely. It is a long movie, but I don't. I could have gone another 45 minutes, honestly. I was I was that into the storyline where I just wanted more. Um, great movie, great acting all the way around. And the use of the atmosphere in the movie, the use of the score, made for a really dark movie. And I wouldn't change anything. Because like, if you have like, the green suit Riddler, you have to change the entire tone of the movie to ac- accommodate that. And I think this movie was beautifully shot. Yeah. I agree. Ron, you want to add anything else before we move on? No, it was definitely a solid movie. It definitely was a movie that needs to be seen in theaters to get that whole vibe. Uh, they hit Gotham, how Gotham should have been hit. Like, I know some people were complaining, like, well, Gotham was raining every time. They were, I'm like, that's freaking Gotham. Like, that's the whole point of, the, like, in the comics, in the cartoons, anything. When you go to Gotham, it's dark and rainy. Yeah, it's, Gotham it's, is it's despair it, as a city. Yeah, it's despair like Binghamton, New York. Like, yeah. it's, it's Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and it hits all that stuff. 
the fact that he's learning on what to do, how to make his suits and all that stuff. Like, I, I pulled the old dick when he messed up the flight <laughs> on the landing. Because <laughs> it was well, a trial and error. It's perfect, yeah. though. It's yeah. perfect to see. Because he's not perfect. He's not infallible. He's yeah. still testing things out. Yeah, but th- but you also realize now after that shotgun blast, he'll probably avoid some shot- shots instead of just walking toward yeah. him. <laughs> well, also, also like, vengeance. You know, yeah. he's, he's going to go away from the vengeance thing, which is good. This You know, he was still in the, I'm going to get my revenge. Yeah. And realize maybe there's a bigger picture. And I think that the growth in just this movie was great. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, thunderstorm. Yeah. yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, we are going to go on to, uh, you know, that time of before we give our scores. We're going to check out the other scores, but it's not fun to just give them out. It's time. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right. This week, it's time to play the game. Diesel is your reigning champion. And uh, it's simple. Actually, there's only three listed, so I'll have to find a fourth if you guys need a tiebreaker. But it's simple. The way the game is played is it's the closest to the answer without going over. And, of course, if a tiebreaker is needed, it's needed, and we'll work on that when we get there. And usually in the tiebreaker, it's whoever comes closest, period, because we don't do ties here on the Three Fenders Podcast. All right, so let's jump in. Challenger goes first, and that will be you, Ron. IMDb out of 10, what did they give the Batman? You can use points. Oh, um, IMDb? Yes. Uh, 8.9. Diesel? Uh, 8.0. Oh, I almost didn't turn it up. Diesel gets the point. It was 8.6. Just a little over there. All right, Diesel. For the early win and flawless victory, Rotten Tomatoes, out of 100%, what do they give the Batman? Uh, No. I believe it's the highest rated Batman movie on Rotten Tomatoes currently. I did not see the score, though. I'm going to be in the middle of the 80s. I'm going to go with 86. Ronald. I'll say 89 just to give you a play. Guys, guys. No? Oh, we're both over. 85%. Oh, you mother. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do it like this. I don't want to look up another one. Yeah. The last question's worth two points. What? And the win. Oh and it's whoever God. gets closest. And guess what, it, guess what it is? It's Google users. Uh. Out of 100%, Ron, <laughs> what did the Google users give the Batman? Oh, screw me. Uh, Diesel, you win. 98. <laughs> Diesel. Since we don't want to like try to find a fourth one, we'll undershoot a little bit. We're going with 85. I think it's going to be more like around 90. You said 98? Yeah. You said 85? Yes. Well, <laughs> uh, we're just going to throw this one out there. Uh, well, we were, uh, right as we were getting to the end of the game there, the power, uh, earlier you heard Ron, and I'm not going to edit it out now, because I was going to edit it out, uh, say something about a thunderstorm, because you could hear some background noise. And the thunderstorm took the power out here at the 8122 Production Studios. Thankfully, uh, we, uh, thankfully for us, we have uh, the Blue Yeti that we use on stream sometimes. Sorry, I didn't want to flash in your face, Ron. Because we have flash, we have our f- phone flashlights <laughs> to kind of illuminate the dark studio so we could finish bringing you uh, this program. So uh, I hope you guys uh, understand. Uh, so if, you're, if it sounds slightly different than it normally does, there's a reason behind that. And that reason is that uh, we are using the Blue Yeti. Uh, so there will be no more music and stuff. But at least we can give you the proper ending of the show. So... 
don't say that we don't go above and beyond here at the Three Fighters Podcast for you, our, our listeners, because literally we are, we are in a dark room with the exception <laughs> of my light is on and uh, power is out. So with that being said, uh, Ron is the new champion. Uh, he did when he came closest. Uh, the answer was 92. He guessed 98, so that was closer yep. than Diesel's. Diesel was seven away. Ron was only six away. Ron is your new champion. He doesn't, get the, he doesn't get the music, unfortunately. <laughs> it's all good. That's when the power cut out. So with that being said, folks, uh, let's get to our uh, the scores. So, of course, as we normally score, when we score first, we go by the nerd score first. And, of course, the nerd score for this film is simple. It breaks down like this. Uh, it is an entertainment score. Uh, I will also give my critical score because I do that every episode. But the breakdown of the nerd scores as follows. Uh, it is basically based upon how entertained we were by a film. So uh, we use the example all the time, Maximum Overdrive. Myself and Ron give it a 4 out of 5 on the nerd scale. Although on a critical score, it's probably a 2 at best. It's a horrible film, but it is a lot of fun and you entertain and, and enjoy by it. So uh, with that being said, that's how the scale works. Of course... Here is the scoring system. If it gets a one, it's a no. That means that means don't go see it. You should never watch it. It's 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 not a good movie. If it's a num- a two, that stands for you've been warned. That means it's not the worst of the worst. It's not enough to be a one, but it's still not a good movie. And you've been warned that you should probably not see it. Uh, a three is basically you know take it or leave it. It means it's a decent movie. It's an average movie, which means. You know, you might not want to go and spend the money to go out to see it in a movie theater or spend the money on Amazon to pay for the movie. But uh, at the same time, at the same time, uh, you should probably check it out if you have time, if it's on Netflix or something that you already pay for. And, you know, it's, it's a worthwhile watch if you want to watch something. It's probably not going to make it to your rotation. A four is just take my money. That is, means it's a good, it's a really good movie. That means that is the kind of movie you might want to go see in the theater. Take your money. Go pay for it. Pay for it on Amazon if you want to rent it. You might even, if you like it enough, you might even want to buy it uh, and watch it again and again. But that's, you know, there. And, of course, then it comes to rarefied air. At the number five spot is certified nerd. And when you are a certified nerd, that means you are a legendary movie. You are great. That means you should go see it in the theater probably more than once. You should go and go ahead and buy it on Blu-ray, DVD, on Amazon, wherever. Add it to your rotation, however that might work. Because this movie is an instant classic. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Ron, what did you give The Batman? I give it Certified Nerd. Oh! I, I love this movie. I wish we had the music because I'd play some music <laughs> for it. Certified Nerd. Diesel. Your nerd score for the Batman. Absolutely certified nerd. Five out of five. Quite possibly the best DC movie of all time. And it's probably my top three comic book movies of all time. Oh, two for two, two for two. And guess what? We are three for three as I am making it certified nerd as well. It is one of the best Batman movies I've ever seen. Some of the greatest acting. It is possibly one of the greatest comic book movies I've ever seen as well. And when my critical score, like I said, I had to search for things. And you know I never give anything a 10, so a nine and a half is the most you can get. I gave this movie a nine out of 10. There's a little couple flaws, there's a little couple whatevers. But for the most part, this is a great movie. This is a classic movie. You're going to want to see this movie over and over again. I know I'm going to see it in the theater at least one more time, possibly more. Uh, Trust me on this. This is a movie that you're going to see. If you have a differing opinion, we always love to hear from you guys. But I really feel like this is kind of across the board. And looking at the scores online, I really feel like a lot of people feel the same way as we do about the Batman. And I cannot wait to see more in this world, including the upcoming show on HBO Max for The Penguin and then future movie installments because we know they are coming. 
With that being said, though, that brings us to the end portion of this show. But before we go, we got to pay some bills. We got to do them shameless plugs. So that means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You type three fat nerds into any podcast provider and bam, there we are. Remember, for everything we talk about, it is the number three, not the word three. Of course. While you're on that podcatcher, you might as well smash that follow or subscribe button so our show gets delivered to you each and every week automatically. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. You're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review. Help us spread the word of nerds. Of course, we are also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3 Fat Nerds Pod. Remember, for all the social medias, whenever talking about the show, use the hashtag 3FNPod. And if you have any differing opinions from us... You can email us your hate, 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Of course, we're usually on Twitch, but not this week, obviously, with the power (laughs) outage. But we're on Twitch every Monday night, for the most part, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for 607TWS. Myself and Ken M. from the Ultra Parlay Hour talking all things pro wrestling. So make sure you're following us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Or if you prefer to listen to it in podcast form, get it wherever you get great podcasts just by searching 607TWS. And of course, if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month while getting a ton of extra bonus content, you can do that over at patreon.com slash 8122productions. You get a ton of extra bonus content, plus you help support everything we do here from the streams to the podcasting. And listen, if there's any other reason to throw it, we're out here in a power outage, in a dark room, hooking <laughs> up a blue Yeti USB mic to just give you the end of the show because we were that close to finishing before the power went out. So I, I think, you know, if you're on the fence about it, I think this was the time to donate and uh, help out the cause here at the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. Uh, of course, remember, that's patreon.com slash 8122productions. H-T-T-P colon backslash backslash eight one double deuce p-r-o-d-u-c-t-i-o-n-s dot com that's right he couldn't even look at the board for that one because it's dark in here 8122productions.com for all things 8122productions you can find out more about the three fat nerds podcast horror zone 607 607tws you can also uh, check out the bands that help us uh, bring you copyright free music every week such as the band that does our theme song they're they're called shout at the robots we love them plus we also love the other bands second suitor tom jolu Floodlands, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, and the Jasons from West Virginia. Thank you guys for allowing us to use your music and also support them. There's links on the website, but you can also find all of those great bands on Bandcamp, YouTube Music, and Spotify. And of course, also on there, there's Friends of the Show. You can take the links to the ODPH podcast. Also, there's links to Sci-Fi Horror Fest, where it can take you to the website, so you can buy tickets for that for August 26th and 27th. You heard us talk about it earlier? Go ahead and visit that website as well. Plus, there's the links to the Twitch channel that we already talked about, the Patreon ch- that we already talked about, and last but not least, if you'd also like to support the show monetarily, there is a link to our T Public store. Get yourself some swag and also support us and help us pay the bills around here as well. And last but certainly not least... There is a section for our local sponsors that help us bring you to this show each and every week, advertisement-free. But we're going to give them a shout-out right now. And that, of course, starts with the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. And usually the lights are on. This is not their fault. This is a thunderstorm. But we are sitting in it in the dark. And that is Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to know about anything going on at the shop, make sure you're following them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. 
when you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. Uh, we're using phones for light, so Ron does not have a does not have a review this week because he can't leak that on his phone <laughs> yet. So Ron, uh, I think you could just tell the people what do you what do you have to say about Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Ah, there you go. And once again, I do apologize for the difference in audio quality <laughs> stuff. Like I said, I didn't explain. The power is out, but at least we got you the end of the show and gave you uh, this week's edition of the Three Fighters podcast. Hopefully, we'll have the power back by next week. That's all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we will. It was just a freak thunderstorm, and this shit goes down all the time. So next week, we will be back fully powered here at the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. Same bat time, same bat channel to bring you our thoughts and opinions on everything in pop culture and nerdum and bring you our weekly movie review. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and last but certainly not least, later nerds. Later. I never realized how creepy the studio is until we're in the dark. <laughs> Lord of the Rings just sucks people. Hey.